This show is sponsored by Get Your Money Together Bootcamp. Oh My Dollar's immersive online course that covers step-by-step everything you need to know to craft your money plan, including instructional videos and worksheets. To sign up and get started conquering your money, head to bootcamp.ohmydollar.com. Use code PODCAST for 15% off. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. Let's talk about money. So two weeks ago, we talked about the ultimate secret to saving money, which was, spoiler alert, spend less money. And to, as we may have mentioned on the show before, budget. But of course, it's easy to say that. But I wanted to share some specific strategies. Um, One thing I found over the past several years that's made a huge impact on my budget is meal planning. So I was really excited when Nicole Deeker reached out to share her expertise and thoughts on meal planning. Nicole is a freelance writer, a senior editor at The Billfold, an excellent website with stories about personal finance, and the author of The Biographies of Ordinary People, a novel about family, art, and the past 30 years. Welcome, Nicole. We're so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. I love hearing you talk every week. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I'm such a big fan of the stories on the billfold. And, uh, you know, recently I had a client I was working with on um, student loan default. And I found incredibly helpful just personal tales of going through different kinds of personal finance things, including someone literally spelling out every step that she went through to rehabilitate her student loans. Um, and I've just found, I found the work really helpful. And a lot of it deals kind of with the emotional side of money. Um, and you also are an author of non-personal finance stuff, right? I am. I, I've written, you know, short fiction that's been published in various places. And I've written this novel that was published last week. But at this point, the majority of my writing is, in fact, about personal finance, which is great. And you you are excited to talk about meal planning, which I am too, because I think it's probably the number one impact on my budget as far as, like, something I can do that's very simple that ends up overall making a huge difference on the amount of money I spend on food. And I think for a lot of people, it's kind of a black hole grocery spending. It kind of like they don't really know how to optimize it. Um, They have no idea what's a normal amount of money to spend. Uh, I, you know, I'm active on a lot of like Facebook groups for personal finance and people are constantly being like, what do you, what do you spend on groceries? And the numbers range hundreds for the same size family. Well, food is, I mean, you can, you can buy the bag of beans, you know, and then soak them and then cook them, or you can buy a pre-prepared meal or you can buy anything in between. Food is, you know, there are so many different ways to do food, whether you're meal planning or not. And so you're, you're, the money you spend on food is going to be very different. I, one thing that I kind of have found is I know a lot of people want to reduce the amount they spend on eating out, but they find, they find that like grocery shopping and planning ahead for meals to be so stressful and to be, like often eating out is not a experience for them. It's not something they're really excited about. It's something that they do because the time management piece ends up 
being a huge problem. You know, I have a, I have a lot of students that go through my class that are like, really 90% of my overspending is time management. Um, and that's something mm-hmm. that I kind of found for myself is that once I started meal planning and looking rather than, okay, I got to work today, what am I going to have to lunch? for lunch in three hours, I started actually looking at the whole week. It saved me so much money because it no longer was this daily kind of panic of like, oh, what am I going to have for lunch? It's like, oh, I I plan, I sat down and planned that on Saturday. No, no, when I started doing it, it changed everything. It, it helped me save money. It saved me a lot of time. And it also saved that sort of mental, like that open loop that you were just talking about, opening the refrigerator or going to the office and being, what am I going to eat today? And that's running through your head all day. What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? And then you eat something and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that. I'm still hungry. Or maybe I shouldn't have eaten that. It was too heavy and now I feel sluggish, you know? And meal planning solves all of those problems. It takes pre-planning, which is a lot of work, and it takes sort of sticking to the plan, which is the other big chunk of the work. But once you get it set up and you're just cranking with it, it's... It makes life so much easier. Um, how long have you been doing meal planning for? I've been doing mealing, meal planning for at about since about 2012, so about five years. And was there something that made you initially decide to do it? Were you doing it to save money? Were you doing it to like lessen the amount of stress? I started doing it because I would do the thing. I work from home. I'm a freelancer, so I work from home. And I would do the thing where you'd open the refrigerator And my eyes would take in everything in the refrigerator and I would start just doing the math. Okay, so what am I going to eat tonight? What am I going to eat tomorrow? When am I going to have to go to the grocery store? And so opening the refrigerator would put all these thoughts in my head that took up time and brain space. And I started making notes in this notebook that I carry with me. I'm like, okay, well, I have dinner for tonight, tomorrow and the next day. And then I don't know, you know, I don't know. And the notebook eventually turned into a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet got refined, you know? (laughs) And so, and so I kept trying to answer this question of what am I going to eat? And I started developing, you know, very complicated systems to deal with it. (laughs) So did you, uh, is your whole system homegrown? Do you do everything on a spreadsheet? What do you, what's your current system? I do. I have a, a large spreadsheet. I have costs of food. I have the number of servings each loaf of bread will give me, the number of servings each, you know, economy-sized tub of oatmeal will give me. Because I'm also, in addition to doing meal planning right now, I'm doing sort of calorie counting because I'm trying to, you know, lose some of that wintertime pudge. Um, <laughs> so, so I've got all these notes about what I'm going to eat and how much of it and when I'm going to go to the grocery store like one week from now and two weeks from now and what I'll need to buy in each trip. Do, so do you shop every, do you shop once a week now or do you end up going to the grocery store more or less frequently? I do shop once a week, partially because I don't have a car and I'm limited to the amount of groceries I can carry back on my own shoulders. So once a week I buy as much in bulk as I can, but again, that means more trips to the grocery because you've got a lot of stuff to carry back. Yeah, I um, I also don't have a car, but I live in like the Shangri-La of uh, grocery stores. I live a block, half a block really from a Trader Joe's, two blocks from a grocery outlet, which is a big discount chain here. And uh, that kind of gets secondhand food from other grocery stores. And then I also live two blocks from a Whole Foods. So I pretty oh, much, nice. and, a, and a farmer, a weekly farmer's market. <laughs> so I pretty much um, don't need to go farther than two blocks ever to get food, uh, which is un- unreasonably easy. And actually the really dangerous 
kind of it ended up becoming more essential for me to do meal planning when I moved into such a convenient neighborhood because otherwise I would just treat Whole Foods as my extended pantry. And then suddenly I'd like, you know, it, it really adds up if you're dropping like $15 every time you go to Whole Foods and you're going every day. Uh, that oh, yeah. really, really adds up. And I do, I do weekly meal planning now. And uh, occasionally, you know, we run out of lettuce or something midweek and I need to run back. But uh, generally we go once a week and, you know, I spend about 30, $35 a week on groceries. And it, it is in large part because I sit down and I optimize and I think about the meal plan. Mine is way less mm-hmm. extensive than yours. <laughs> so <laughs> we, uh, I definitely, the only thing that I keep track of the actual cost is tacos. I've talked about this before. I eat tacos every morning for breakfast. I think they're freaking awesome. Um, and I do that because they don't cost very much and they're full of protein and they get me through the day. And also starting your day with tacos is a good way to start. But other than that, I don't keep – I don't like price track really. I kind of keep mental track of like which grocery stores are cheaper for various kind of staples. But I buy almost mm-hmm. nothing in cans. You know, I, I have an Instant Pot now, but for a long time I had a crock pot and that's how I make all of my beans. And um, that's made a huge difference. The Instant Pot is amazing though. Because before, you know, I, so I have to make essentially like five cups of black beans every week for my tacos. And, you know, I started out doing that using a regular pot on the stove and then it would like boil over and it would dye my stove purple. (laughs) And and it took like, it was like, it was like a 12 hour investment between soaking time and actual cooking time. And then I got a crock pot and I didn't have to pay attention to it. So that cut down, but I still had eight hours of soak time. Now I have an instant pot and I don't have to soak them. It's a pressure that's a brand name of a pressure cooker. And it takes, I, I can find out that my, that I need beans and have beans 50 minutes later. <laughs> so there's, amazing. I'm at the crock pot stage. I do not have an instant pot yet, but that sounds fantastic. I, it's kind of life changing if you really, cause if you do the math on cans of beans, you realize how much money you can save just by making your own beans. I mean, it is phenomenal how much difference it makes. And, you know, I'm vegetarian, which, uh, you know, plenty of people are not vegetarian and won't be eating as much beans as me. But, like, it still makes such a huge difference, especially if you're the kind of person that's like, oh, my God, there is no way that eight hours in advance I'm going to start soaking beans. (laughs) But it's, but it's about just thinking ahead just a little bit. You know, the night before, you're like, all right, well, I have one serving of beans left for tomorrow's dinner, so I better start soaking some beans so I can have dinner two days from now, you know. And it's, it's something that you have to think about that might be different than the way you've usually thought about food. Yeah, I mean, so the, the big thing that made a huge difference to me was that meal planning, so the way we do it is that we have a bunch of index cards that we've made, and we've color-coded them kind of based on the amount of time that they take to prep, um, and the and then they're in a bunch of kind of categories. We have little pockets for them that are categories based on if they use a lot of vegetables, if they'll impress guests, if they are, um, you know, if, and we do the uses a lot of vegetables because we have a CSA during the summer. And so, you know, if, if it's the end of the CSA week, we're like, oh my God, we need to use all the squash. Like, what can we cook? And, um, 
And we have like a comfort food category. And essentially, we have a board on the wall. It used to be on our fridge, but our cat really likes to eat the index cards. So we had to put it out of her reach. Um, she's she's specialized in getting on top of the fridge and then batting the index cards um, and then attacking them in the middle of the night. It's really nice. Uh, but we essentially just have a bunch of clothespins on the wall. And then we're able to slot in the cards. And the back of the cards have the recipe, but the front of the cards have in really big letters what the meal is. Um, and the huge difference that made for me is those cards mark whether or not they make leftovers. Um, and mm. they'll mark if they can be easily like doubled, um, to make even more leftovers. Cause usually out of any given meal, we always have leftovers for the next day, um, for lunch, um, because we, we try not to eat out for lunch at all. And if we are, know we're going to be traveling or we know that, um, you know, another night that week, we're not going to be able to make dinner because we've got evening events or something like that, then what we do is we make sure that early in the week we make something that is going to produce even more leftovers than just the lunch leftovers. And that has made such a huge difference because I found that the days that I was most stressed, the days that I had a ton of things going on, were the days where I really fell down on, you know, not just like, oh, I ate out, but like, I didn't think about where I could eat out. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like, I ended up, you know, my old office used to be next to a combination, um, biscuit and pizza place. Uh, and that was the only thing in the neighborhood, <laughs> not, not really a super fulfilling, uh, easy, it, you know, it doesn't, pizza and biscuits are delicious, but they don't really give you fuel for the rest of the day generally. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that made a huge difference. And and the great thing about the index cards is that they also kind of help. One of the things we really struggled with in the beginning was like, what do we eat? <laughs> we couldn't like remember when we tried to do meal planning. We'd be like, okay, mac and cheese and uh, stir fry. Do we eat anything else? <laughs> and now that we have the cards, we essentially have like a tiny little physical database that tells us all of the things that we that we do eat and that we're willing to eat. And that's been incredibly helpful for us. Uh, especially because if, you know, we, we know we're going to pick up the CSA on Wednesday and we don't know what vegetables that are in it, We know that if we plan stir fry the next day, stir fry uses a ton of vegetables. And so you like, regardless of what we get, it's going to, you know, work out. Um, so yeah. what's the hardest part about meal planning for you? Um, at this point, the hardest part, and this is the next stage in my spreadsheeting, I figured out how much it costs me on food every month, you know, give or take a small variation. I don't actually track the price of everything every single time I buy it. But I know, for example, that tortillas, like the tortilla brand I buy, I can usually get two packs for $4, you know. Or the hummus that I buy, I can usually get it for either right around $4, either like $3.89 or $4.29. And so I've got that information. The big the big question mark for me now is all the other stuff I buy when I go to the grocery store. I buy, you know, there's toilet paper, there are facial tissues, there's shampoo, you know. And I, right now, am recognizing that I probably spend more on that than I need to. It's hard to say. Because I'll go to the grocery store, I spend about $150 a month on food. But this month I spent $338 at Safeway, which includes both food 
and all the toiletry stuff and the quarters I get to do my laundry. So there's a big, there's a gap in my data. And if there's a gap in your data, you might be wasting money, you know, if you're really trying to be serious about this. So I've got to look at all the other stuff I buy and figure out if I'm doing it efficiently. Yeah, I am. Um, I one of the main reasons that I use YNAB is because it's really good at splitting transactions. And so mm -hmm. I always have, I have a household goods section. Um, and I do that because yeah, I, it drives me nuts to look back at my, um, to look back at my grocery bill and see, you know, I also, I spend about one fifty five a month on average at one fifty five twenty four. If you average the past 25 months, I just look through my data. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but you know, I, I average around $8 a month on household items. And it would just drive me nuts to to you know have that kind of upped. And I think I think a large part of what actually motivated me is that for years I was um, receiving food stamps, and food mm -hmm. stamps you can't spend on household goods. You can't spend them on toothpaste or deodorant or any of that stuff or toilet paper. Um, and because of that, I just naturally always kind of mentally broke out those two categories. So when I started uh, you know really tracking my transactions and wind up, it was really important to me to have that data kind of separated. And it was a really natural thing for me to do. I also keep track of my CSA separately and that's because I only pay for my, so it's obviously that's, that's an extra $20 a month, essentially averaged out over the year that I spend on, on fresh vegetables um, from a local farm. And I do that because I actually only pay once a year. And so I, I have a kind of a sinking fund that I save $20 a month into um, to pay for my half share for my CSA. And I've just really found that like over time, having that data is really good. Um, because if you kind of throw it all together, you don't really know if, if things get tight and you want to cut money, it's hard to, if you don't have good data, it's really hard to figure out right. what the easy wins are. Right. You know, like, oh my God, maybe if I wasn't buying toilet paper in packs of four, but instead was getting it in packs of 50 off Amazon, I would, you know, save hundreds of dollars a year, <laughs> like those kind of things. I mean, that's the question I'm looking at now. And it was interesting because it wasn't an issue before. It wasn't an issue whether I bought, you know, four rolls of toilet paper or 12, but now I'm trying to save a larger percentage of my income. So I'm, it's forcing me to think more carefully about about money, not just in the solving the problem of what I'm going to eat and whether I'm going to have enough toilet paper, but actually am I sort of really, really maximizing this instead of just like 80% maximizing this? Did you ever use one of those like meal delivery services or anything? I mean, those are like the darling of the podcast world because I think they there's like hundreds of them and they advertise on every podcast. <laughs> I don't. I've seen other people use them and I've sort of seen some of the complaints about them. But for me, the biggest, the biggest issue with those is that you, you don't um, know how much time it will take, really. I mean, they give you an estimate, but you don't really know. You don't really know how filling the meal is going to be. You don't really know if it's going to make two meals or one meal because people certainly say, well, I thought it was supposed to be two meals, but I ate the whole thing, you know. There are too many questions about that for me. We we um, got some discount codes, so we got like we've we've tried out a couple of them where we got them essentially free. They're a lot more expensive than what I pay on average for a meal. So like my average dinner mm -hmm. cost me around like three fifty, you know, four dollars, and um, the average one on those is closer to like ten dollars. So to me, that's comparable to like eating out. Um, but one of the right. things I did like for it, I liked about it was that 
it helped me think of new recipes. So I think it's really good. If someone is spending a ton of money on eating out and they don't really know how to cook or they, like, can't think of things to cook and, uh, you know, it's comparable to what they would be spending on eating out, I think it's a good transitionary kind of thing in the in-between for someone. So if you're, like, I, you know, I had a coworker who literally has uses his kitchen, like, once a year to make cupcakes. Other than that, he eats out for every single meal. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like very frugal otherwise you know doesn't have doesn't have a car like doesn't sp- you know doesn't spend a lot on rent has roommates blah 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 blah. but he's just kind of accepted that like everything he eats will be at a happy hour at a bar and uh i feel like he's a perfect category of like he's got some basic cooking skills but he just needs like some hand holding around it but yeah one of the recipes they said it was 30 minutes it was only 30 minutes if you had three suit chefs chopping simultaneously <laughs> Right. Like 30 minutes was like it, it, we actually still use the recipe all the time because it doubles really well. And it's um, very good for travel. It can be hot or cold, but it takes like two hours to make. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of what I've heard about some of these. And you also end up with a bunch of like fiddly stuff to wash at the end. I'm a huge fan of, you know, one pot meals, crock pot meals, meals that you can do in a single frying pan or whatever. And then you have one thing and you're done. Yeah. Do you have, like, websites that you always go to for recipes? At this point, I've sort of memorized the ones that I use the most often. And prior to that, I don't have any specific websites. I would sort of type in, you know, how to tofu stir fry and and then read four or five of them and pull out the basic information. It's, you know, you heat tofu, add oil, heat vegetables with tofu serve over carb you know <laughs> so yeah totally i uh one of the websites i do like for folks that are trying to get started on figuring out recipes is budget bites and it's mm-hmm. bites is spelled a with one. a y and what's nice about it is it actually breaks down what the expected cost is for each recipe and like per serving um, so it's very helpful if you're if you're mainly motivated about meal planning to save money. I think Budget Bites is really good because a lot of people, uh, when they first start out, they buy a lot of convenience things um, for cooking. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it didn't really save me a lot of money and it took a lot more time than going out to eat. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you need to learn how to chop garlic quickly, you know, and not buy like a pre-chopped thing of garlic that cost $8. <laughs> um, I mean, I went through that same journey myself. You know, you start out with the thing of chopped garlic in the jar, and then you get your own garlic in, you know, the actual garlic head. And you go from getting the pre-chopped tofu to getting the block of tofu and putting the paper towel on top of it and letting it sit there. And I went from cans of beans to, you know, to dried beans. And it it made sense. If I had just jumped straight into dried beans, I wouldn't have, it would have been overwhelming. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, yeah. I, I also transition into dried beans slowly. I, you know, for the first two years I ate tacos, which I think it's been like 10 years I've been eating tacos for breakfast now. First two years that I did it, I used canned beans and the, it was the biggest win of my life when I switched over to doing dry beans <laughs> as far as like, I mean, it, it shaved essentially like 15, $20 a month off my grocery budget, which is, which is no small amount. And it's also amazing because canned beans are some of the cheapest things in the store. You know, you're paying a dollar for a can. But you don't realize that, like, you're paying a dollar for a can that actually is just a really small portion of servings, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've dived pretty thoroughly into um, all the meal planning. (laughs) Uh, 
if you're not as data focused as I think Nicole and I are both like re- obviously really like the data and are very into the organizing systems. Um, one app that um, my partner actually started using is called Paprika um, and it does cost money, but I think they have a free trial. I think one of its competitors is called plan to eat. And those are both things that let you kind of like hunt around the web, find recipes that you like, and then it'll import all the ingredients into an app and then you can arrange it for meal planning. And I know a lot of people who swear by that, especially if you're, you know, not going to sit down and make, uh, you know, 30 index cards like I have (laughs) in color-coded amounts. Uh, So I think those are good recommendations for folks. Yeah, so Nicole's book is called The Biographies of Ordinary People. Where should people go to find you on the internet? They can go to NicoleDeeker.com or they can go to TheBillfold.com. I am around both of those places all the time. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking about meal planning. Hopefully this wasn't too nerdy for our guests and gave them lots of actionable steps. Uh, I really appreciate (laughs) your time today. Well, thank you for having me. This is so much fun. I hope that that interview with Nicole got you excited about meal planning instead of scared away from all of the data. Uh, It can be incredibly easy. I spend probably about five minutes a week um, actually doing the meal planning and then 20 minutes grocery shopping. And uh, it means that I have a stress-free week with figuring out how to feed myself. So I found that just really awesome. I would love to hear about your experience with meal planning. Do you do it? Do you hate it? Do you want to do it? Um, and yeah, so let me know. You can contact us at podcast at ohmydollar.com. That wraps our show for today. This week's producer is Nick Roberts, filling in for Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki, and I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.